You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 552, five years later, part three, blocked. And welcome to episode 552 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. My name is Paul French, and today I am successful Mother's Day lad. Good for you. It all went perfectly. Yay. And, uh, and, and we all survived it. Yeah, even better. <laughs> That's yeah. the important thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> was it a was it a mellow Mother's Day or an exciting Mother's oh, Day? Oh, it was it was meant to be mellow and and successfully was so. But we had a big weekend of like we had a bunch of friends over for a games day yesterday, and um, and then th- this morning this I think every dish that exists in our home has been washed over over the last uh, day and a half, and uh, so that's a good thing. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, I never knew this this cup was back here." <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, uh, so it was great to have a whole bunch of people uh, through the house. And then t- today we just took it easy with uh, my in-laws came over because it was also my mother-in-law's birthday. And, um, you know, I made a, a, a sort of a nice buffet lunch. And then there, and then we had uh, more of that for buffet dinner uh, later on and played games with the kids. And uh, I got to say, Ella is really good at Carcassonne. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 um, I beat her by two points in one game and lost by one point in another. She was really good at it. So she really gets the rules. So it was, it was great because, and now she wants to learn Settlers of Catan. So that'll be something we do next week. So that's me. Over to you. Hi, everybody. I am Darren Noel, and I guess this weekend I am reined in kid because our mother's day plans got shot to hades by the weather we were going to do an outdoor kind of a picnic thing for Uh, my mom yeah and it's also her 80th birthday next week so instead of doing it this week we're going to try for next week and we've already uh reserved a a place indoors this time just in case the weather it rained all day here from like morning until i think it stopped around seven o'clock like an all-day steady rain Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like, when did we become Seattle? I didn't get that. It wasn't like a torrential downpour, which is what we normally get, and then nothing for the rest of the day. It was like constant all day. Yeah, steady, drizzly. Okay. All righty, it's just going to be that kind of a Sunday. What can you do? Over to you, sir. Hey, everybody. This is Travis Illisor, and I am graduation party lad. Woohoo! Yeah. I had a nephew and a cousin both graduating high school, so two separate graduation parties I was invited to, and uh, so I ate too much, uh-huh. and uh, basically I went looking for, you know, a graduation card for yeah. each of them. I was going to give them a little cash, you know, they can spend on something stupid. Nice. And uh, none, of, none of the graduation party cards were cool. I didn't like them. Yeah. So for one nephew, I got one that... uh 
it was for an eighth birthday, you know, <laughs> turning eight. And I wrote a very long note inside it about, hey, I heard you were having a party because you were turning eight, but it turns out they said you were going to graduate. Uh, <laughs> total mix clever. up here. You know, just, Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. And anyway, that's, that's what I did. Over to you, sir. All right, I am uh, Michael Grabois, and this weekend, when I wasn't being rained out, lad, uh, I was getting my mind in the gutter, lad. Uh, um, nothing, good for you. <laughs> nothing, nothing as fun as that might imply, because after all the rain, um, I had to clean out my gutters around my house because they were all full of pollen and leaves and twigs and uh, crap from yeah, the that's spring. That's not fun. That's not fun. No, and, and I had water coming off all over the roof, places where it's not supposed to, and coming down and gouging holes in the ground. And so I had to uh, wait till it was dry to clean out the gutters. And that was uh, that was the highlight, not counting, you know, going out with my parents for Mother's Day and stuff. But yeah, that's just that's normal stuff. <laughs> so uh, that's it for me. Over to you, Jim. Hey everyone, I'm Jim Purcell, and uh, I'm going to say this week I am Munts Man. So, uh, hold on, this might need a little explanation. In the <laughs> fictional future of Judge Dredd, Munts is a artificial uh, form of meat because there meat. It. So today I, uh, I I I was on uh, Twitter and somebody posted this uh, picture of this new meat substitute called Beyond Meat. Yes. Yeah, I've heard yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, it's big right now because it went public and they're making billions of dollars. But oh, uh, yeah. I decided I had to check it out. It's not very good, guys. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I got I got two burger patties and I made them up. And I'll be honest, it's made of uh, like pea protein extract and coconut soy. oil. It's soy like green. It's yeah. It's made it's of people. It's got this really pungent smell that even like an hour after I've eaten oh. it, I can still smell it. Oh, no. I don't recommend. Too bad, though, because it, it does have the consistency of meat and it does look like meat. And if you cook it down enough, if you cook it down enough, maybe maybe it'll you know, you won't even notice. But as a burger, it did not work. out. I will just stick to my Boca burgers. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm not. A, yeah. So that's my weekend. Mother's Day went well too. Although my mom's out of uh, my mom lives out of town, so I didn't get to spend any time with her. But I did send her a card and I made her a phone call. So well, I did all I could, which was Indeed. nothing. Indeed. <laughs> you ungrateful child! I'm gonna sell your comics. <laughs> oh my! All right. Indeed. So here we are, kids. Yeah, this is where we're at. All right, so um, we are. I got stuff. You got stuff. Stuff yeah, and I got, things. I got feedback. Stuff, stuff and things, etc., etc. Et al. Um, where's my email? There's my email, and there is this email. Okay, so let's just filter by flagged. Boom. All right. <clears throat> All right, a couple of things over uh, the, over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I got that one. I got that one. Um, so last week was. 
Oh, okay. And I think I did I did the ones um yeah, I did David Spofford's thing. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't in the end. So um wasn't the one you were gonna save for this you week? You were gonna save for this for week. For this yeah. week, yeah, you're right. Okay, perfect. Okay, so um uh, this was a, a, a comment on uh, 549, uh, but he said, it's nice to hear this uh, uh, pre-crisis version of your coverage of these issues. Looking forward to your reboot coverage of the same issue starting next week. Um, a couple of thoughts, he says. And this was because I did the sort of the, the I, I did the last time uh, we did the first three issues. He says a couple not of- Not the reboot, the, the five years later, not the I, reboot. I, I, I know, but he's saying oh. that we're. What he's saying is that we're the reboot. Um, rebooting the five years later. Yeah, coverage. yeah, because we did because we he heard our pre-crisis coverage, which was the um, the original when Scott and Matt and Darren and I did uh, the first three issues, and now I'm with you. Yeah, um, a, a couple of thoughts. Uh, the attack on Joe in issue two was a masterclass in poor timing. The attack failed because, as Joe says, he doesn't drop his invulnerability needlessly. Yet, just a few panels earlier, he was shaving, so he must have dropped his invulnerability then if those assassins had dropped the bomb just a little earlier. Mm, good point. Um, yep. The comment in issue three, so we're going to get to this, but he talks about the uh, the, ta- the Takron Galtos shuffle. Um, he's, <laughs> he says, the comments in, in issue three about the Takron Galtos shuffle is a much darker comment than you realized at the time. I imagine it's a reference to the old saying, dancing the Tyburn jig which was a euphemism for a, uh, pu- a public hanging at Tyburn, uh, which was near the Marble Arch in central London, uh, when the hanged man would thrash about while being strangled, thus putting on a good show for the crowds. Um, the oh, five I, year- I, I thought that, well, we'll, we'll, when, we, when we get to Yeah, it, sure, sure. I, I, no, I, I, I thought they were talking about the Tacron Galto shuffle, meaning that it was destroyed and then they got moved to Labyrinth and then... Prisoners got moved around like a literal shuffle. Hmm. Well, in, in co- when we get to context, we'll uh, we'll, we'll figure we'll that see. out. Yeah. Uh, the five year later Legion was when I started reading the book regularly, albeit later on during the uh, new reader, the quote new reader friendly uh, Legionnaires SW six series. But I did soon go back to pick up earlier issues and was both swamped and uh, well, both swamped and sucked in simultaneously. I'm looking forward to hearing you give a good comprehensive coverage of uh, of this era with the 2995 source book and Tom Beerbaum's bl- blog at the ready. But don't forget the Loose Leaf Who's Who series from this period. It contained lots of background info on the characters and stories that wasn't covered in the comic. I have it just up there. Like a lot see. of things weren't covered in the comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and... Um, Anyway, so so there we go. Uh, so that thank you from uh, thank you, uh, David. Um, yeah, I'm just taking the flags off a couple of these so that I don't confused. All right, uh, next up uh, from Derek. Um, oh no, it didn't work. Okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, <clears throat> moving on. I'm like them, like the guy on the phone-in show who's like, no one's on the line. Okay, go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay um uh from uh, boston moss uh for those for those of us who don't do facebook please also post here when you t- when you spend 20 minutes talking about some art thanks <laughs> this website does not work that way it is not it, yeah, it is not it's not good for that an easy thing on which to uh to to post art so um travis did you post that stuff anywhere else like on your comic art fans or anything 
Uh, I've got all but one piece posted there now. I've been posting okay. like one a day. Well, there you go. So, uh, comicartfans.com? Uh, yeah, look up Travis Illusor. Yeah, look, there you go. There you go. So, that's that's where that stuff is. So, there. We've solved your problem. All right. <laughs> um, look at us. Solving problems. Uh, all right. Uh, Howard Madnick, couple of uh, thoughts on uh, episodes 550 and 551 and such. And to stump the subs, um, we'll save the stump the subs for for the end though. So hi gang, first a hearty congratulations on 550 plus episodes. Still loving your show, even if it's only been one a week. He was of course doing one of those uh, uh, big uh, big uh, catch up uh, listens, and um, he says, in fact, you and Greatest Generation are my two favorite episode review shows. Uh, a few others were so bad I stopped listening. Couple of things though. First is a petty issue. I will never tell you not to not drink, but I thought the rules, and he's put them in air quotes, or, well, in not air quotes. <laughs> the he's put rules, them in quotes. and we, we yeah. put them in air quotes, too. So yes, yes, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at here. Um, uh, even he put the, the quote in rules, so, so I think he, you know, he's, he sussed it out. Uh, called for drinking when Night Girl's homeworld was mispronounced, i.e. Babloom, Kashum, etc., or was it always drink for Cthulhu, and then it expanded into close enough? And the answer Damn, is the answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, second, oh, sorry. There's also a there's also a drinking game rule that says if it's been a while since we've taken a drink, and and we need an excuse, that's a good enough excuse. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so he says second, and I think he did recently discuss this. Well, a serum that increases lifespan smells bogus to me i could see that a broad spectrum vaccination one that also protected against cancers and alzheimer's for example might have that essential effect um and he's embedded a panel below but i can't oh yeah it's from that issue where they talked about this serum and all that um okay um well, we do get some medical stuff uh, in an Omnicom article at the end. Oh, that's right. We do in this, yeah. Uh, he said, yeah. more importantly, as a general principle, though, is that a society in which people can regularly can live over 100 years um, probably would use uh, names like girl and lad for people into their 30s. Um, but he says, now think about how the age of consent creeps up over the years. <laughs> There's that. Uh, although I imagine uh, in such a society would re require its kids to be in school for decades to learn all they need to. Oh, no, that's right. School atrons and subconscious learning. That speeds ed education up quite a bit. All right. Uh -huh. So we're going to do the stump the subs after. Um, okay. But I got one more. One more. Okay. Sure. Um, uh, let's see. It's this one. Uh, I use the tiniest font. And um, and I do want to make sure we get to all of this. Although Hold on, I, control and scroll wheel. Although I think that there's... <laughs> I'm reading them off my phone. Um, all right. Hey, guys, feels like it's been a few solar years since I've gotten back to your side of the galaxy. But with you finally giving the five-year-later era a closer look, how can I stay away? It will come as no surprise that I love the five-year-later era. It came along at just the right age when I was entering my teen years when the edginess... And Heroes versus Dystopia storyline really spoke to me. It amped up my burgeoning love of the Legion from my introduction a few years before into a full-fledged obsession. This is the run that made me track down all of the old stuff just so I could catch the references. And of course, it just made Joe so freaking cool. 
So <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> except of course you do. <laughs> this is from our from our good friend Josh Wilson, and it's always nice to hear from him. Uh, he says, uh, "I'm sure it's no surprise that I chose to wait for issue two to send this." <laughs> it instantly made Joe my favorite Legionnaire ever. How could it not? I was obsessed with Star Wars, and here was Han Solo as, as a superhero with the powers of Superman. Right? Like, yeah, right. That, that, that nails it. Absolutely. Especially this incarnation of him. Um, I was obsessed with Star Wars, and here was... Or, oh, yeah. Uh, I love how the story and run treats Joe, even if we ignore what was to come with the reveal of Joe's secret mission. Oh, yes. Uh, here was a guy who was cool under pressure and not afraid of mixing it up with anyone. His fight with the two assassins is brutal and over-physical, a street fight worthy of Joe's background. That Joe is not above sneak attacks of flash vision and ripping heads off is perfect characterization and made me realize that this was my guy. Anyway, can't wait to see this run to the end with you guys. Uh, and, hey, if you need someone to be on the show, like, say, on a certain upcoming animal a annual or spotlight issue of someone trapped in the past... He's pretty very specific. Uh, he, I know he, he was very specific in the tweet I got. Or the text I got. <laughs> I know a certain out of work podcaster who is dying to dust off the cobwebs on his mic and who would love to sub in. Until then, long live Legion, Josh. Oh, that's uh, that is happening. That is. Do, do happening. we have a time bubble big enough for the ultra ego? Oh, um, you're gonna. Uh, you're, uh, clearly, you're gonna get a text tomorrow. <laughs> I'll text it tomorrow. It's fine. And for once, it's not because I said something disparaging about Joe. So, oh, uh, oh, wait, you haven't finished the issue, so there's more to come. Uh, yeah, there's there's time. <laughs> there, there's there's still time. All right, so I'm gonna close the phone and uh, hold with uh, open to our set to our uh, stuff the subs and let's move on. What if I don't feel like being stumped today? Hmm? Then you can just answer the questions. Oh, sweet. Okay. And not be <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. He's he's got your number. Yeah. So many men do. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's and do it. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, back to your uh, corner, Michael. <laughs> sorry. I'm kidding. I just slipped back to your corner. Oh. <laughs> um. So, anybody got any Legion news for the week? Nope. Any newsy? Nope. Oh, I'm sure there's stuff? much. No, my. I uh, am. Uh, I'm not caught up on Supergirl. I'm a couple of episodes behind, so I don't know what's going on with uh, Brainy and Dreamer. Um, but they're still there, so so watch the show. There you go. Okay. True. True. They and are still XS there. is still on Flash. Yes, it's indeed. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's as that's as much news as we get. That's that's yep. how what bottoms of the barrel we're we're scraping, except for I think um the one of the uh recent trades was uh was was seen on a table on Big Bang Theory, apparently. Oh yeah. Um the, yeah, the Superboy and the Legion volume one. Yeah, the 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 one with the wedding tabloid reprinted in there it you with go. the Mike Rell cover. It was sitting on uh, Stuart's girlfriend's Denise's table in her apartment. Um, I looked at it and I said, hey, that looks familiar because I'm always looking at the um, uh, all the background props. And yeah, al almost without exception, they seem to always be DC, which makes sense because Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Theory. yeah. Yeah. They do. They do reference. Marvel and Avengers and things like that, but all the props, 
all the comics, all the statues in the comic shop. Um, they're all DC related stuff. And every once in a while you catch a Legion issue or, um, or some action figures or something like that. And this time I caught the, uh, the hardcover version of the volume one. Yeah. Which was kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, related. This might be super, super old news, uh, for you guys, but, uh, there's a Legion of superheroes issue in, um, princess bride. In the, yeah. back, in, in the in the uh, present day scenes in the background. Ah, I'm trying to remember what know, where in Gilder or Florin does that take place? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's in Fred Savage's bedroom. Yeah, there you go. Which is the the which was the answer to uh, a, a never never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, let's uh, let's get into it. Indeed. All righty. Um, so this issue we are looking at is volume four, number three. Uh, it went on sale November 14th, 1989. And uh, we have a cover here with no cover copy. Uh, and we've got a guy who's in a puffy pirate shirt. <laughs> but I don't want to uh, be a pirate. It looks like he stole Prince's outfit from Purple Rain yeah. to me. Yes, it is all purple. Um, there's a planet in the background, and there are, um, we don't know what's going on here yet, but it looks like there are stone body parts strewn about uh, as if he had just broken up a statue. Oh, statue. And- Take a drink. <laughs> Ooh. All right. We're not even off the cover, but have a yeah, drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, that's, like that stopped us before. Yes. So we're, we're going to find out who this person is. But this is the guy who we haven't we don't know his name yet. Is that correct? We do not we, know his name. No, yet. it has that not been given correct. to us. Not yet. yet. OK, so that that does come up this issue. But yeah. last time we saw him last issue, um, he was the one speaking with uh he's got his voice and then he's got a half a dozen other voices that are coming from his body that he speaks and we don't know much of the details beyond that but that's that's who this guy is yeah now this this issue as i as i've said many times is is the one that brought me back to the legion um i had not read the book in probably seven years at this stage and uh, so this this one brought me back and um, I didn't know what the heck I was seeing on the cover. <laughs> I just assumed that it was uh, someone uh, on Shangala smashing statues. Yeah. So. So, um, yep. And it's signed uh, G squared, which means it's Giffen and Gordon. Yes. And uh, so that's it. The cover, just a purple a guy in purple standing and posing on somebody's right arm and he never meant to cause him any sorrow right (laughs) or any pain (laughs) so uh the first page is kind of interesting remember this is the nine panel grid and we get uh in each of these nine panels is a look at a different legionnaire or former legionnaire um and it it does a good job of setting up who we're going to be running into in this issue, who we're going to be running into in the near future, and basically what's the state of what's going on. Yeah. So so we get 
uh, each one of these is a report from a probe. And uh, there's one probe on Naltor with, um, with Nora Nal. And um, we find out that she is the high seer of Naltor now. They have computers now. Uh, they had computers before. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They're not, they're not a rando. Yeah. They have oh, science. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so we get another report from a probe on Earth with Dirk Morgna. And he is um, uh, apparently with a woman and a dominator. And That's she's saying. Cersei, I think. I think, but last time she had a red wig. This time she's got brown hair, so I'm not sure if that's Cersei or not. But um, it, it could be the president of Earth. Oh, that's right, it, Taylor it Wellington. Be, it could be Taylor Wellington, but Good we don't point. know. So she's saying that uh, Universo is your problem, not ours, and the Dominator says the Chamber begs to differ. You know what? I'm gonna go and say this is Cersei because she looks way younger, and when we finally see Taylor Wellington, she appears to be an older woman. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we've got Dominators, and this is um, Universos out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yep. next, pro next probe comes from Trom, uh, looking at Jan Era, and all we see are some crystals, which you remember that's what he transmuted each of the uh, Traumites into uh, and marks where each one of them fell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's another probe on Shanghala. <clears throat> which is black, looking at Largand, who last time we saw was dead. And there's some words in the bottom corner and a little speck of light. And the only one that you can maybe make out is Father. Oh, that's uh, interesting, because the other one I, I, I thought I saw was... Hang on, let me zoom back in. No. Give, me that. <laughs> Give me my little zoomy thing. Um, <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Uh, maybe maybe something about awakened. Yeah, that's what father. I see. Yeah, so I see awakened and yeah. I I don't know how much of it was intended to be intelligible. <laughs> well, I, I'm betting that those words were. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you remember the last time we saw Largand, he was slightly dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, thought he was mostly dead. Not well, yeah, because he was on he was on life support, was, and then technology went away. Right, and then he was uh, pushing up the daisies, and I joined the choir invisible. Yes, yep. invisible. He did. He was an ex legionnaire. <laughs> oh, right. thank you. Take a drink. <laughs> Take a drink. Oh my. Uh, so then the next one We're on is the third code. panel of a fourth panel of page one. <laughs> oh, yes. I like so this then, issue. Uh, so we've got another probe on an uncharted planet, looking at Dawnstar. And uh, someone says, that'll teach you to mind your own business, blam, and your red witch. And Racism so, uh, is still alive, apparently. Yep. Yeah. So, so all we know is that Dawnstar is out there and being shot at. Yep. Uh, Breck Bannon is on Earth, and he is looking at a form letter that says, Dear Mr. Convict Breck Bannon, how many times, Mr. Bannon, have you said to yourself, gee, I wish I could just let that... Alarm clock ring in the morning and forget my dreary job. As a junk that, mail, though, I think. That's yeah, yeah that's, that's ridiculous. Why would you set your alarm if you didn't have to go anywhere? So uh, if you remember, uh, last issue, Breck Bannon was listed as one of the subversives. Yeah. And now we know that he's a convict. Yep. So uh, something must have gone on there. Then there is a, um, uh, a sports team on Xanthu. Space hockey. 
uh, looks like space hockey with lots more padding. Yeah. Uh, looking at yeah, I think Tom it's Moose Cal- Ball. Tom Keller and uh, someone saying, but coach, they're going to dog on this pit. So uh, Starboy is out there somewhere. Looks like he's retired and running a sports franchise. Yep. Uh, for for Pearl- the Rocket Reds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pearl Docks is on Kolu. And he says there are more important things than the health, or somebody is talking to him. There are more important things than the health of a solitary child, Coral. And then another probe on Rimbor, looking at Reef Daggle. And it's uh, Rock and Cam, and Rock saying we can't wait around forever. If you have any attention, intention of ever bringing together. Um, and then we go to a whole bunch of probes that look like they are... Uh, Creepy. Yeah, they look like they're in the video for Journey to the Center of Eternity by Ozzy Osbourne. Where in the they are? uh, (laughs) They're all chanting together. I live to serve my master. I am his eyes. I am his ears. To him, I deliver the essence of his enemies. And uh, one of the probes is, um, or that he may use their evil against them, that he may rule all, that he may rule forever. And so these are the probes. Uh, mindlessly saying these things and uh, we realize these are the probes that have been that we've seen in the first couple issues that are just wandering around the united planets as servants but they're actually servants of uh somebody who we're going to find out very shortly who it is and uh so this one guy comes up and says uh, uh or and then um oh sorry that he may use their evil against them, that he may rule all, that he may rule forever, forever may Mordru reign. So now we know that Mordru is in charge of all these probes uh, throughout the United Planets. And uh, so Mordru is talking to somebody, says, uh, you are an animal lover. She, never, she simply never tires of human flesh. As the spirits know, I can only take so much myself. Um, and we see a guy who has no mouth, but he must scream. And, and we don't know who it is, but he is apparently being devoured multiple times. And um, uh, not a good sign for this guy, whoever he is. Yes. And so uh, next page, we find Mordru. Uh, but he does not look like the Mordru we know. He's got a short crop beard. Looks a little more Gandalfish. Yeah, very. Uh, I think he looks like uh, oh, a uh, guy who played Ego in Galaxy in Guardians Two, uh, Kurt Russell. Hmm. Could be, yeah. Uh, that's just bit. me. I see a little bit of Willie Nelson in there too. Ah. <laughs> and then uh, so apparently he's been wagering with the High Chancellor, and then offhand he mentions uh, so many of us gamble foolishly. Do we not, Rond? Uh, oh. I was once young too, you know. I remember what it's like. No power too great to oppose, so confident in your own power, so certain some little trinket can overcome all. And uh, Morju has his Green Lantern ring in his hand that he is crushing into uh, little bitty pieces. And uh, he says, but Morju is not without mercy. I grant you this fate that you might appreciate your folly and do penance for all eternity. Uh, And so uh, apparently Morju is feeding Rond Vidar to this creature who um, uh, who is eating him over and over again, and then Rond um, magically heals just in time to be eaten all over again. 
uh, Prometheus for the uh, you know, classical Greek yeah. <laughs> mythology yeah. here. And he brought so the more, green flame to them. Must be punished. So, so Mordrew notices the uh, the probe that came to him uh, and says, Lord Emperor, as only you had foreseen, that they are at long last proceeding. Our probing indicates that the legionnaires are regrouping. And Mordrew's like, are they? And the time for these pleasant diversion, diversions has passed. And so now uh, we get uh, several scenes on different planets. The first one is on Winath. And we got two people talking to each other, uh, one with yellow balloons and one with pink. And uh, uh, apparently an asteroid um, just got up and walked across the galaxy. And there's a shipment there uh, that's dead in the water. Imra will have kittens. And uh, <laughs> this other this other guy who's with, uh, who's with Garth says, she'll be fine. She's learned a lot from you. And Garth says, that was more than 30 tons of produce. Uh, current market prices, you know, you know, Mech, this is going to set us back, but good. So uh, here is our first, a reintroduction to Mech Grands. Yes. And um, uh, let's see. Oh, forgot to mention the last time we saw Mordru. Uh, and here is uh, our oh, stump, yes. my stump the sub number one. Mm. When when was the last time we saw Mordru before this? Uh. Ooh. Great Darkness he, Saga no, on... No, he was no? in the Baxter run. There was that oh, issue after the right. Sensor Girl Saga yes. where Misa went back home and they all yes. gave him their happy powers so that he would be happy. But now I'm wondering if we did see him at all during the Magic Wars. And I don't recall seeing him during the Magic Wars. So um, I, I guess I'm going to go with that. Are I... Are, are you sure about that? Are Because are <laughs> that sounds like a... That, no, no. That sounds like a flashback that we're going to see, at least according to Wikipedia. What? Which one is the flashback? Uh, when they awaken Mordru and give him his powers back? No, they, they didn't give him his powers. That What they did was they tried to take away the darkness from him. Okay. This was the issue after Sensor Girl was revealed and they had the big Fatal Five fight. And then right. it was that four separate um, stories in one issue, kind of wrapping right. everything up. And it showed White Witch going back to the Sorcerer's World to perform this work on Mordrew. All right. Well, I, I, in that case, Wikipedia is wrong. I remember so, that because you guys covered it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Two yeah. years, three years ago now. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've covered that. So. That was like the so, first. That so, was like the first episode I came back after like a long hiatus. Oh, well, there you go. Ah, I think because go. Eric Larson was one of the contributors to that issue. Oh, that's right. He Probably. was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, Wikipedia says, and apparently it's wrong. The last time we saw Mordrew. One of Darkseid's servants of darkness freed him from imprisonment, and Darkseid stole his powers. He was left powerless on Xerox. That is incorrect. There we go. I will. I will issue a strongly worded. <laughs> and you know what um, else this means, Michael? It means I am not stumped. All right. It, it well, is Wikipedia case. who has been stumped. <laughs> okay. It is you has, who has been stumped, Wikipedia. You have been hoisted by your own petard, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, when was, in that case, when was the last time we saw Mech Rans? Mech Rans, I believe the last time we saw him outside of a cameo on Labyrinth would have been the end of the um, uh, Lightning Last spotlight issue. Anybody else? Um, Does everybody agree? The, 
Yeah, it, it, you know, that's interesting because after starting off so huge Hold with... On. Was uh, he one of the ones who got freed from Tacron Galtos during Crisis? Hang on. That doesn't count. That was... Well, okay. That was after... Um, uh, after that issue that you're talking about, issue number six, after the Villains War. Yeah, yeah. It was way after that. It was like issue 18 or 19, something like that. Right. 18 was when Supergirl died. Right. Okay. So it was it was after that one even. It may have been even after the Monel Superboy one. It was the one where Sensor Girl basically bitch slaps Empress. Um oh, yeah. but I don't know if we saw him in that. Um Yeah, I'm gonna everybody, go with number six. Everybody agree? In the Baxter. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh the subs have been stumped. The well, last time we saw Mick was in issue number forty five. When he was released uh, by the Luck Lords uh, in the Lightning Lad spotlight, to get rid of Lightning Lad, yeah, yeah, that's, right. a, that's okay. You got a, the other it's question. It's not a stump because I answered one of the questions right. Well, you were stumped on that one. Yeah, well, I got one wrong. I'm one for I'm one. You're for one in, You're you're batting five hundred. <laughs> so he's like a he's like a rod during the playoffs. <laughs> Writing the rules like you write the drinking game because that's not going to work for me. <laughs> oh, we still we have we have lots more annotations to uh, okay. to try and stop you on. All right, so. fair enough. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so anyway, back to the story. Um, Mech says, uh, "You know what they say, Garth? All the all grows in sunshine, wilts in worry. We'll make the best of it." And um, so what we find is that uh, Garth and Mech are running a plantation on Winf which um, in the Omnicom at the end is called the Lightning Ring Plantation. Oh, isn't it nice and, they worked all their th- all their differences out? And <laughs> so uh, Garth says, I'll go with uh, go for a little stroll with Imra, tell her before it comes up on the computer. Hmm. And uh, Mech says, uh, hmm, we can always get market prices for the Quattro on Tunar, and Xanthu's only two days travel from there. Now, um, is no, the yes, Quattro a reference to the Star Trek Tribbles episode where the wheat was called Quattro Triticaline? Uh, I have it, a feeling it is. I would not be surprised. But my stump the sub question is, when have we heard of Tunar before? Ooh, Tunar. Mm. Is that the planet where all the tunes come from? <laughs> uh, no, that's uh, Looney. Oh, Looney. <laughs> Tunar. It does sound familiar, but I'm not sure. Anybody want to guess? Nothing is occurring to me. All right. Tunar was a standard uh, world which the Legion traveled after being abandoned in the vastness of infinity by a space-fatigued sunboy in Adventure 318. Hmm. Oh, wow. Space Madness? Space Madness! madness. Yeah, so they're really pulling back from uh, uh, from Legion history for some of this stuff. So um, uh, meanwhile, back at the uh, back at the ranch, um, uh, we have uh, a little boy, red haired boy says, Mom, I'm bored. And uh, he's playing with a little action figure that's either a green painted a Croyer Micronauts okay. or a action figure of Dagon the Avenger. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I, I'll, I'll totally bet that that's what it is. Well, that's what you said it was back in the original podcast yeah. of this one. Yeah, but and then there's a ba- that. and there's a bouncing bouncing boy beach ball behind him. Nice. And oh. so the kid says, "Mom, I'm bored." Mom, I said, 
And she goes, Graham, why don't you make another cartoon? I done that. And so she's now she's looking at the uh, the finances, the red maize, the green beans, the Z carrots, the L beans, the sweet peas, and a total of 63,000 credits. And whatever that number is that concerns her, I guess it's low. And she's like, all grows in sunshine, Wilson worry. All grows in sunshine, Wilson worry. It's not working. Yeah, so she's and, found out what just happened. Yeah. And, uh, and she is, as uh, Garth predicted, having kittens. And she's trying uh, Mech's uh, <laughs> mantra. Yeah. And Graham says, Mom, I'm bored. And she said, come here, Graham. Your mommy needs a hug. And then so elsewhere on the plantation. And it is clear that if she is not having kittens, she is having something. She is something. going to have twins soon. <laughs> yes. And then so uh, elsewhere on the plantation, we see a couple of naked ladies whose, uh, whose important bits are in shadow because this is a PG-rated comic. It's still only 1989. Yes, yep. exactly. And uh, and we get a four, a couple of forehead shots coming up. <laughs> yeah, one's a one's a short, one's a got short red hair. The other's got short dark hair. And we find out it's uh, Ayla and Vi. And uh, so they're walking through, I guess the the forest or the woods or or whatever the clearing is. Uh-huh. And um, uh, Vi says, "I'm not sure. I believe anything about uh, about Winf. We only dream about this kind of spread on Imsk." And then uh, she, uh, goes, she whispers, yes. Um, I didn't think about it until she said that, but the whole reason they shrink is because of overpopulation on their planet, right? Yeah. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah, so the idea of a, of a, a large spread of... of uh, Open uh, space. Yeah, yeah, it must be... With, no, with nothing except except uh, trees and, mm-hmm. and nature. Yep. And, and also... So, uh, so Ayla whispers, uh, would you come on? Here it is. And Vi says, what is it that's such a big, holy gods, how did he get them? Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of shadow, but they forgot to um, either give Imra breasts in that last panel. That's Vi. Oh, Vi, sorry. Or they forgot to uh, black them out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's got got, uh, breasts, but no nipples. No nipples. In comicsology, yeah, I'm like, it's a Barbie now so (laughs) so um uh so vi says how did he get them and ayla says garth has connections he bought them when EarthGov shut down the old legion headquarters and it's the statues of the dead legionnaires so take a drink take a drink yeah and so we have statues of uh uh what looked like um uh, invisible kid and triplicate girl yeah and pharaoh lad and there's somebody with his head covered, so you can't see who it is. But there's a big red S on his chest. Yeah. And mm. this is going to be the last appearance of Superboy in the Legion. For a um, while. For a for long, a, long time. For yeah. a good time. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Vi says it's kind of spooky. Ayla says, you're telling me. I used to have this recurring nightmare all through your damn war. I dreamt I'd come out here and I'd find your statue. And uh, I can't see what the bottom speech bubble is because my uh, my copy is grayed out. Off there. Yeah. yeah, mine too. Yeah, okay. So we're using the same one. What does Comixology say? Um, um, what's this one? Unfortunately, the list goes on and it says In Memoriam, uh, Paul, Crin, Monel, and Tinya Wazo. Of course, part of it's blacked out with Ayla's leg. 
but we but, know who it is. But yeah. Legion Legion fans would know who those people are. Yeah, exactly. Right. So apparently, uh, an Eternal Flame was the the new uh, standard versus a statue for those who have left us since. Right. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't have RJ's money. No. no exactly. Not. They're farming, which traditionally is that's that's hard to make a living at well and i mean he he's clearly like as they said he's got connections right so i mean they've got yeah, this big distribution boring. network set up and that's how he was able to buy them but but the reality yeah. is it, it, you know the, they um, probably went cheap at auction and the idea that you know we couldn't make statues anymore when uh, when these guys died mm-hmm. well one of the omnicom articles at the back says that they um uh, Garth was, or the that uh, Lightning Rings was able to buy up a lot of people, and they're now the biggest plantation on Winnet. So they're not, uh, they're not hurting. They're the Monsanto. Yeah. Of, uh, yes. Yes. Of that actually. No. Yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. So meanwhile, back on Rimbor, um, we've got uh, Rock and Cam, uh, who are getting ready to meet somebody in this place, and um, looks like they're getting ready to meet Joe, and. Uh, uh, Rock says, uh, "You know what I think about dives like this," and he's like, "Calm yourself, Rock. Let's try. Let's drink our drinks and try to blend in." And then, uh, whatever it is, uh, Cam doesn't like it. Says, "Very no sour." They get, yes. they want, they, no wonder they get such poor clientele around here. <laughs> and Rock says, uh, "If Joe's mixed up in this kind of sleaze, maybe he's a little too far gone." And Cam says, "Come on, Rock. It's Joe we're talking about." And then this uh, Chewbacca type. Sneaks up behind uh, behind Rock in the cantina there, and uh, this, yeah, this is very cantina. Yeah, this is this, um, without a doubt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're not going to spoil it yet, but this character becomes important later on. Agreed. Yeah, and so uh, so I'll, we'll just call him uh, Furball because that's his name, and so uh, uh, Furball. Uh, motions for him to for them to go that way and follow him, and so Rock and Cam get up and uh, said, "This is some plan. You want to find Joe, don't you?" And Rock says, "Ever dawn on you that Big, Bigfoot here might be just looking to mug a Rich Derlin?" <laughs> and then uh, then we're back on uh, back with Mordrew and the, and we hear the probe overhearing, perhaps, but Rich Derlins aren't so easily mugged, you know. And then uh, we've got um, a tracking panel and uh they see they're on the lift down and it's a uh, reap daggle and rock crin reap is listed as a shape changer uh rock crin is listed as brawlian with no magnetic abilities probable exposure to damper field extensive injuries and uh, it's joe who's monitoring them and uh his second in command says uh, they've really come uh and here i thought you were just making up all that legion stuff joe and Joe says, hey, used to hang out with the real big shots. Man, we'd have had those stuffed goons from Silver Ale Limited doing the Tacron Galto shuffle. And, uh, okay, maybe... Yeah, in maybe. context, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In other words, we, we would have we nailed them, we would have put, put him inside, and they would have done what they need to do with them. Yep. So uh, I says, yeah, I had my day. I wasn't born running the smuggling ring, though. Ring, the, you know. And uh, so one of his guys says, uh, you know, the ex-Legionnaires will attract undue attention. The guy's name is Wart. And Joe says, relax, Wart. If anybody knows around, knows how to sneak around unnoticed, it's that Durlin. I learned espionage from him. And then uh, 
So through the image of them um, uh, getting down to the ground floor or the sub-basement and what's going on with Morju, we see that the probe is following the reunion between Rock and Cam and Joe. And, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know, no, no ultra strength. Come on, Joe. No ultra strength. And Grife, it's good to see you. Ha, ha, ha. So, uh, so we don't actually see it, but we see it through what Mordrew is hearing. So he's following what's going on, too. Mm -hmm. uh, back on Earth, we have these uh, yellow speech bubbles, which we now know to be uh, dominators. And uh, so you remember there was a dominators in last issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so the, um, one of them is saying this agent we have selected represents significant risk. He's a dangerous killer. That's why we chose him. But if he proves to be indiscreet and his actions are traced to us and they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, he is different. You haven't been in the same room with him. And uh, one of the guys, the underling dominator says, are you forgetting all those ex-legionnaires on Winaf and now on Rimbor? And uh, what if they were to regroup? And uh, the, the head guy says, we found precisely the instrument to shatter their fragile morale at this critical point. Uh, and by the only God, we've waited a millennium to seize this world. Cast Brother, which is a reference to uh, the Invasion miniseries. And uh, we will not risk allowing Legion to reform. We will not risk their exposing our presence here. So uh, Dominators are on Earth uh, involved with the government somehow, but I guess the general public doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. Oh no, they do. <laughs> well, I'm talking. I'm talking about EarthGov, the general public. Oh no, yeah, the general public doesn't know. In fact, yeah. I only think a few people in EarthGov know. So. So uh, then, some someone comes up, says, "Please excuse me. This report has arrived," and the head guy says, "At last, now the tale will be told. This tape will show us what this agent is capable of." And so, uh, next page is a recording uh, made of uh looks like it's a scene from the cover and we've got uh the mr purple haze um with all of his uh, extraneous voices and uh, his main voice says now it begins again and his sub voices are watch him cowered out this is definitely not earth man i'm sure not sure if my pupils have adjusted to these environs where are we and uh the dominator says freeze can we do something about that chatter Ask his peripheral voices, please. So now we only get to hear his main voice. Um, and he goes, uh, we're on the puppet planetoid. Because legend has it, behemoth children from some other realm once toyed with their puppets here. And uh, when have we seen the puppet planetoid before? Oh, ages ago. That's uh, longer... like one of the early adventure stories, isn't it, Michael? It is. So uh, we saw it in Adventure 313, and then again in 316. Uh, it, that was where we saw a flashback of Ultra Boy saving Sun Boy from the clutches of one of the giant puppets. Yes. So it has not been seen since uh, in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then so, uh, so the guy says, um, I suppose it is a very good comparison, except that I don't need strings to control my plaything. And this one is not made of wood. Um, and because if it was made of wood, then it would weigh the same as a duck, and then they would know he is a witch. 
That's true. Take oh, a drink. Take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, so also he's going to get made into small rocks, which also float. Very so. yes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, so the guy says, uh, "I'm not sure. This is somehow supposed to be his way of seeking out." Uh oh. Yeah. So seeking the secrets that died out with his race. Uh, uh, yes, with his race. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the only survivor, an entire race dead, except for him. Uh, and there's only one clown who's got to mess up nature's symmetry, as only I know too well. And uh, it looks like a evolved form of block. Um, like with yeah. His his look was always changing in the yeah. Baxter run. So yeah, you got a dose was, of cosmic radiation. Got all lumpy. Yeah, he was starting to get lumpy and get little craters on his head, and yeah. it was and acne. Two, yeah, and so <laughs> they um, are teenagers. So yeah. so, Locke is uh, is standing there, and this guy says, uh, "Oh, our friends have had four years to develop anti legion weaponry. This will do the job, okay?" And throw something, and boom, off goes his left arm. Just, 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 just a flesh up. wound. Uh, huh? <laughs> Another drink for he's, us. He's the Black Knight, you basically. It's, uh, I'm fine. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> uh, tis but a scratch. But, but your, your arm's <laughs> off. <laughs> no, it isn't. I've had worse. <laughs> and so he wakes up and he says, what? Who, who disturbs me? And uh, the Mr. Purple Haze bends and bows and says, it is I, Roxas the Butcher, genocide a specialty. Oh, yeah. And Block says, Roxas, Legion history, Trom, you, you're, you're the one that exterminated the entire Trom race, except for Jan Era. And he says, well, nobody's perfect. And Block says, Madman must be stopped. Got, see, and, this uh, is what you got to love about, about Block. He's, you know, he's just literally had his arm blown off. And he's like, no, I got to stop you. I, I, this, that, this is why, why yeah. Well, All right, does. so so before we continue, when was the last time we saw Roxas? Um, Superboy and the Legion 200 and something. Very good. <laughs> or, or do you mean last issue? Nope. Uh, well, prior to this Prior to series. this run, yeah. Uh, you, you are correct. The answer is Superboy 211. Uh, if you remember, Element Lad... Uh, tracks Roxas to Tron after escaping from prison. Element Land attempts to uh, kill the former pirate, but is prevented from executing Roxas by uh, Chemical King. Element Land's need for revenge is satisfied when he learns that Roxas has been driven insane by his guilt over the genocide of Tron. And in the last panel, we see Roxas. He's got all this, all these ghosts. Uh, or the implication that there are the ghosts of Trom now swimming around in his head. And so that is the implication that that's where these voices all coming are all coming from, that Roxas is insane. And these are, he is literally hearing voices in his head. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, but it's so, important about that story is element lad did pull the trigger. <laughs> element lad was going to kill Roxas. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. And so, uh, meanwhile, back on Trom, um, uh, Block, or uh, on, yeah, Block swings at Roxas, who just ducks, and says, pathetic, you're still half asleep. 
Uh, but I'm a kind soul. I'll try to make this brief. And he throws another bomb, and boom, Roxas blows up Block. And he blows him up pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and says, ah, the supreme moment is at hand. Hey, don't leave me now. This is a moment to be savored. Stay with me. And now Block has basically an out-of-body experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, the mother world, Dryad. And now he looks like he did when he was a legionnaire. Yeah. Uh, the beauty I thirst for, the truths that tantalize me. He's, remember, he's even was... wearing the pants. He's wearing the pants. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's, it's like changes for Island Kid. Yeah, but that that was like three, you know what issue, uh, um, three hundred era. Yeah, his look again. changes every couple panels here. Well, that's true. That's true, and it's probably and, yeah, yeah. And also, uh, if you remember, there was a storyline about Block where he was uh, contemplating about being apparently the last of his species, and uh, I think it was I forget when it was, but it was in the the Baxter run somewhere. Um, and so now he, uh, he sees this other crystalline form, uh, named Strata, who, if you weren't reading the L-E-G-I-O-N book, yeah. wouldn't mean anything to you. Um, and I'll, I'll cover her, the, the story in the annotations at the end. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Strata says, these truths, young brother, have always been about you on all worlds. We are truly brother and sister block. I, the last female, you, the last male, both legends in our folly, seeking their racial truths by fleeing from them. And Block says, please, Strata, how do I find these truths? The price is great, brother. There is no return from this journey. And he says, please, I must know. Are you ready then? And now they're in some sort of temple, and he sees the steps of eternity. And he says, the females left us forever here. Yeah. And Strata says, it was their time. Time to fuse with the world's core. Mm. Time, time to find their peace, all except me. Yeah, and the sto- and the, the thing you're going to cover in the annotations is a really interesting uh, idea that that ties that this ties into. And so Strata says the key to what you are, to what our race was and will be, lies this way. Uh, but the price is great, and Block says I must know. Uh, yes, Strata, I am ready. <clears throat> and she says if you're sure, then go. You must complete this final journey alone. And now Block has morphed into his current yeah. state with uh, with little volcanoes all over. And he says, oh, yes, to know my people again, to comprehend the sweet mother world. After all this time, to know what I am. Yes, yes, I am ready. And Block is dead. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it just, yeah, that's just, uh, they, they gave him, and uh, I mean... Sucks the block's gone because block was cool, uh, but um, it is uh, it, it's a, it's he you know he goes out fighting and yep. um, and and also there was that spiritual Ooh. side to block that is satisfied by this sequence. Now one other thing with uh, with that is it reminds me a lot of you know we met we you I, I know that it's a. Uh, that we said about it being a Dagon toy, but when you say about the the Micronauts, you know, it, it this reminds me of a Croyer going in and and sort of merging with his world. And um, good it, point. Yeah, it's uh, you know it was kind of a neat thing, but it was you know a very similar thing um, in that in that sort of merging with with the world mind. Um, but 
one thing to remember now about this, not talking about what they had originally planned, yeah, was that in the uh, the issues where we were first introduced to Block, and when Block was telling his origin story in 282, um, Block was from a race of rock people who were awakened by the colonists, and they learned to live in harmony with the with the colonists. And so somehow we have retconned all of that away, and oh. Block is now the last of his species. Oh, oh, please! Retcon. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, like Block is, uh, you know, Block was was someone who was turned into a monster. Uh, that was pre-crisis, though, right? Well, it was pre-Legion uh, two seventy two, so um, you know the con- contradiction to that was also uh, uh, pre-crisis. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a this is a pretty major retcon to, to Block's origin. Um, not that it makes a difference going forward from here, but just to point it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gives another Legion connection to the Legion book, really. Right. Yeah. This is, uh, seems to be more about Strata, kinda, than Block. Maybe. I think there was and, a lot being messed, mucked around with as far as, as as Dryad goes, and we'll get into that more of that later. Yep. So uh, and <clears throat> we see it's the end of the tape, and the dominators are saying efficient, effective, discreet, most um, most effective. I believe we found our man. And uh, at the uh, Science Police Earth headquarters, uh, we see that Schwann Aaron is also watching that tape. Uh, not quite sure how she got a copy of it, uh, or what she's watching, or who she's monitoring. But uh, she's like, oh, God, those bloody bastards. Oh, Block, you were always such a sweet, never wanted to hurt a soul. And she's like, oh, come on, Schwann. Tears are going to blur this transmission. Ball your eyes out later. Um, For now, just let the transmission get through. The net's got to know. They've got to know. Sometimes I wish, no, it's all worth it. It's got to be. And then so she leaves in her quarters and goes out with the rest of the science police. So, uh, so Schwann's up to something. We don't know what. Um, meanwhile, back on Tharn, which is where Mordru is, mm-hmm. and uh, ordinarily I would try and stump the subs and ask uh, mm-hmm. where we've heard Tharn before, but Tharn had not appeared yet. Um, the 2995 source book says that this event blocks death Took place on November twenty first, twenty nine ninety four. So we are coming up on the. I don't know. My I can't do math in public, but we are. <laughs> but it's a, it's a four, and this is a nine year. So we're coming up on a, on a multiple of five year future anniversary. So uh, if you're still listening in November, I'll be announcing that is this week in Legion history. <laughs> Um, so we will find out um, about Tharn um, after the destruction of Xerox um, in the Magic Wars. Most of the survi- oh, sorry, most of the survivors resettled on Tharn uh, during the economic collapse of the galaxy following the Magic Wars. Tharn was undefended when threatened by the Kuns. To face this menace, the ruling Sorcerer's Council restored Mordru's power to him. Even they knew, even though they knew, the power would corrupt him. Yeah. Mordru defeated the Kuns and set himself up on, as emperor, 
and I believe we only find that out in the source book. Yeah, I don't think they ever got to. Re- well, I mean, let, let's be realistic. At, at this point, they kind of got their hands tied, and it was like all the stories that they wanted to tell um, were subsumed by the stories that now that they had to tell to understand why these things all had to change. So, yeah, right. You know, in their defense, they probably intended, you know, they, they had, I mean, you know, what, what they did is they did, a, they, they made a lot of notes of the, okay, so we're going to introduce this. The back, the, the series Bible. Yeah, exactly. And they actually did that. And, and that is so rare in comics these days, uh, was so even rare in comics those days, you know, to, uh, to create that series Bible to say like, we're going to introduce this thing and we actually know what it is. It's not just something that we throw out there and then later on we pick up on it and say, oh, yeah. So anyway, that's going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they did they did a really good job of, of sort of, you know, setting that stuff up. And I mean, we see that so many times uh, as we get through these things. Um, so on Tharn, um, Mordrew has sent for somebody who is named Vrykos. Mm-hmm. We have never met Vrykos before. But if you read that Amazing Heroes interview, uh, they have mentioned a character named Ryko, okay. who who uh, who was going to join the Legion along with Kono and some other people who we haven't met yet. But apparently, they decided to instead turn him into Rykos and be a, a, a follower of Mordru. So, if you want to find out more about what Ryko was supposed to do, you can go to that one. Yeah. And so uh, Ryko shows up and uh, um, has only says, a forehead. Yeah, he's, a, he's a forehead at this point. Um, and uh, he tells the probe, uh, please replay the key passage and uh, listen and learn, my friend. And so uh, now we're hearing a replay of um, of Joe and Rock and Cam um, from right after the reunion. And says, uh, geez, Joe, enough already. I think I heard something. And Joe's, you know, hey, come on, Camrock, you guys have to have a drink. And Mordru says, not there, imbecile, ahead. And the probe goes, uh, uh, well, I'm sure glad you came to me first. We had no we had no choice, Joe. We've got to go after Misa. Uh, Misa, isn't she with Grife? No wonder you came after me. And so Mordru says, there, you see, they mean to test the old man once again. <laughs> and so Mordru goes to Vrykos, uh, says, uh, anything to say? And Vrykos says, uh, perhaps we should prepare. Uh, and Mordru says, I think that would be wise. And I forgot to make an annotation of this. Uh, so this is just an actual question. When was the last time we saw Misa? Um, the end of the Magic Wars. Yeah. She, She's she on the last and- page. Didn't she quit and then go off somewhere? She went to Sorcerer's World, and so she was there battling the Archmage. While yeah, the I thought she was like important that story. Uh, That's right. read it. Yep. yep. She's so, on the last uh, page of the uh, the Baxter run. Okay. So uh, there's the implication that Mordru is tied up in something with Misa, and mm-hmm. he expects the Legionnaires to be coming after him. Yep. So, uh, meanwhile, back on Rimbor, um, uh, we hear uh, voices. Um, it's Cam and Joe in the uh, the baths, and 
Uh, Joe's like, too bad Rock wouldn't come along. He always was one to avoid temptation. And now he's a married man with a junior on the way. I suppose if he ever loosened up, he wouldn't be Rock. And Cam says, yes, and we need him. We also need you, by the way, as in immediately, what do you say? Think the women of Rimbor will let you go? And Joe says, hey, we all have to make sacrifices. Hmm. The only thing I got to worry about is leaving my operation in good shape. And he says, I hope I'm not the easiest man in the world to replace, but I think Phil is ready to take the controls. He's practically running things himself anyway. And Cam says, what about this Kono character you're so high on? And we haven't seen Kono yet, this issue, but she was the, the yellow-skinned girl from last issue. Uh-huh. And uh, to hear you tell it, she'd have Silver Ale Limited on its knees in a week. And so they walk out. Joe is uh, walking out naked with his uh, towel over his shoulder. <laughs> and a couple of the women in the baths are ogling him. Uh-huh. And he's uh, ooh, I like. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, Cam says, well, or Joe, Joe says, I wanted to talk to you about her, Cam. And now we see... Uh, so wait, doing- wait yeah. one, one second. Uh, so Ultra Boy walking out, does is he just carrying the towel on his shoulder because he's showing off, or does he really not understand that he's supposed to wrap it around like his intelligence? Wow, well, you know. Wow. I, 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 I think... I think they're both. I love when it's not me. I think I think they're doing what most jocks do, which is show off in front of women. So there you go. That and this is his place. He probably owns the joint, and you know it's he's the boss. He can do whatever he wants. I don't know. I think they're both supposed to be naked because it kind of looks like they are. Cam's ass is just kind of colored there. Yeah, he's got he's wearing a thong. Yeah, if you look two panels before, though, Cam's wearing a thong. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is it looks like they may have thrown that on. Oh. Before, just, before. Oh, in other words, kind of, of a, guys, guys, you're going to have to and, fix that. Yeah. And Cam's Cam's wearing his towel on his head anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. But he's a Durlin. He, uh, he yeah. um, uh, you know, keeps all the naughty bits uh, in a different place. So it, It's funny <laughs> that Cam has to have a thong, but the ladies... <laughs> wandering through the forest. Yeah, they can be naked. It's fine. <laughs> right. And so uh, while Joe and Cam are talking about Kono, she's busy training. And uh, um, uh, oh, so Joe says, um, yeah, listen, I think we can do a lot worse than take her along. She's a little on the ex- inexperienced side, and she's got a tendency to get over <laughs> her head. Um, but I'm telling you with her power, the way can, she can shift mass between people and objects, Anyone who crosses her knows they've been in for a scrap. And uh, she's pissed off at the training dummies, and she makes them all super heavy yeah. until they uh, till they fall to the ground and break apart. Yeah. Um, of course, she does pride herself, kind of pride herself on being in the pain in the butt. Like one time the women's shower ran out of hot water. So now she has her own little way of making sure we never forget that. And we see her phase into the showers going, hello, boys. And everybody goes, ah, geez, bloody liberty. Uh, so back on Winneth, um, we have a uh, somebody in green or a green-skinned alien. says, uh, this box was addressed to your son. And Garth is like, mother of us all. And the guy goes, I thought it best to inspect the package first. Uh, you did the right thing, Zagat. I don't want this whole plantation hysterical about this. Let's keep it between you and me. First thing we got to do is figure out what kind of madman did this. 
and he says there's a note and the note says dear little graham i understand your daddy likes to collect statues of dead heroes well see if you can put this one together and give him a nice surprise hugs and kisses your uncle roxas jesus and uh like the, the uh, guard said and the first thing he said about it was who in blazes let him out yeah and That's so an uh, Garth thing. walks up, Garth walks out, says, load a transport for Shanghala. Uh, he deserves a hero's burial. One, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is Lightning Lad is walking with a cane now. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And we will f- find out shortly why. Yeah. Yep. Wait, oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Lightning Lad was on that page? I only saw Prody too. Hmm. Oh, oh, good one. <laughs> good one. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, so now they, uh, we're back with the dominators and, uh, so there must be a coincidence and, uh, there's a tabulation of known legionaries. They have Salu Digby, Elon Garth Rands, Imra Ardeen Rands, all on Winneth, Reap Daggle, Rock Crane and Jonah on Rimbor. And, uh, the, the dominators are going, the sky doesn't get this dark when there's no storm. True God, it's really happening. And now, uh, seven of them. Thanks to your uh, discreet agent, uh, that demented fool, as long as he was at it, why didn't you just send, send half of it to Rimbor? Yeah. And one of the guys says, all our plans so carefully laid. Uh, the madman threatens to expose everything. And so the, uh, the head dominator says, true God, the council will scrape our discs. And he Ow. says, no this, is, no, this is merely a test of our mastery of the humans. We will maneuver them to cover our path. The ex-legionaries will never know. The council will never know. Mm. And so the last story page is back on Rimbor. Uh, we see Rock wandering through. Um, it says, we're really going to pull it off. Cam, Joe, they're good men, the best, just like in the old days. The galaxy's taken a beating, that's for sure. It's been a long, cold, lonely winter. Uh, and I, But look out, we're coming back. And I'm surprised he's not saying, here comes the sun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but we know what happened to the sun. He's, he's bad news, uh, yeah. Yeah, he is now. And uh, so he's walking around and says, hmm, Joe's place was around here somewhere. Wonder how the area is shaping up after his little tussle. And uh, we see a sign out sign saying radiation hazard mm-hmm. and uh, kids playing inside. And well, they're uh, it's a it's a force field. They're they're getting yeah. their kicks by throwing debris at it. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what what but what this does is it mirrors him on on uh, on brawl in issue one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. When he was looking at the all these radiation hazards and kids playing uh, around the fences of these radiation hazards. And no place is, to raise a kid. It, 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 mm. But it is exactly yep. what he saw on his planet. Yeah. Just sh- and 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 I think it's a moment where it just shows him how. Uh, how bad they, things have gotten how bad yeah. things have gotten yeah and and how it's not just his planet it's everywhere yep and so rock says uh, don't call it a comeback it's rimboard it's been here all along <laughs> wow nice so rock says the stakes are so high but damn it we're good we've got the power and we know what to do with it better believe it we really are going to put it together and then in a handwritten note to his wife uh he says um we pick up uh, the pirate he always imagined himself to be. God Obviously lit, referencing miss, Joe. Yeah. I miss you yeah. already. It's going to be so hard being away from you. But one thing's for sure, this is going to be worth it. Long live the dream. Love rock. Story credits. 
Keith Giffen story in pencils, Tom and Mary story assist and dialogue, Al Gordon story assist in inks, Todd Klein letters, Tom McCraw colors, Mark Wade edits. And then we go into some. And, and sorry, uh, just before we get into yep. the, the into the text pieces, like this. So this for me was the first issue of of the Legion that I picked up, and I, I it left me with a thousand questions. All of them were like, I can't wait to read more of this. Well, there's uh, there's still one page of story coming up, which yes, that's right, that's right. It surprises people because they're used to just Omnicom pages, and yeah. so uh, the first one is. Um, Interfaces magazine from November 17th, 2994, which is um, basically four days before. Uh, the death yeah, of, just yeah. a few days before this took place. And it's um, uh, it's a business article talking about how uh, Imra Ardeen uh, Rands is um, running the lightning ring plantation and how uh, another foul up has caught, delayed a shipment in uh, Quattro. And um, so they're, uh, they're losing money. Um, uh, there was once a day when such worries would have seemed like pleasant diversions. Uh, once founding members and leaders of the Legion, these two have in their day squared off nose to nose with the likes of Darkseid, Mordru, Universo, and even the Time Trapper. The fact that they survived is nothing short of a miraculous, uh, uh, nothing short of miraculous. Garth was himself officially declared dead for a four-month period before being revived at the expense of Antarian Prote One's life. And the galaxy survived those crisis-packed years is a tribute to the grit and fighting spirit of this couple and their comrades. Uh, and that talks about how they took personal charge of a small, technologically backward estate in 2991. They rebuilt the Lightning Ring Plantation into the largest privately held agri-province as Winath, uh, no other plantation has been more effective or more efficient. Customers across the galaxy now refusing to deal with any produce unless it comes from lightning ring fields. Uh, sales now uh, total more than 5 billion credits a year. Um, uh, Imra, uh, Garth says the Imra is still not used to the way we do things here on Gwyneth. If a shipment is delayed, it's delayed. We don't worry about it. We find something to do uh, useful in the meantime. Her failure to fully assimilate into Winathian tranquility also manifests itself in more visual ways. While most of the hands have no inhibitions about tending to their duties unclothed, Imra has several, sem, seldom, if ever, been spied in the buff. So Winath uh, is basically a big old hippie commune. Yes. Uh, although she's admirably maintained the figure that once filled out the most famous pink bikini in the galaxy, She's not ready to show off what that skimpy outfit always left to the imaginations. There are some local customs that is an upstanding daughter of Titan you could just never get used to. And Garth says it's a criminal waste. Um, Unfortunately, in his case, modesty is not the reason. Garth's exaggerated limp serves as a constant reminder that his once perfectly honed body was invaded by the fearsome validus plague that ravaged Winath in 2990. And, you know, he uh, he lost his shape-shifting powers, so. <laughs> wow. And, uh, <laughs> so he, the Garth continues, it's somewhat consoling that we caught it early and the disfigurement was pretty minor. He's got a balloon-like pink swelling on his left leg and left arm, the one that had been artificially regrown. Oh, 
and on the arm that had been artificially regrown in his legion days. And then it mentions um, there was a tiny complex bacteria that was uh, carried in the blood of their young son, Garridan. Thousands contracted the plague, many died, most suffered, suffered major disfigurements. And so uh, they formed the Validus Foundation, administered by uh, Garth's older brother, Mecht, who is himself evidence of the miracles of modern psychomedical yes. technology. And uh, uh, the Validus Foundation played a key role in cleaning up um, the appalling conditions that the Rands have found on quarantine when Garrett was checked in there. And who remembers the first time we saw a quarantine world? I don't recall. Mm, I don't know. Nobody recalls? Nope. No. Maybe it was that time uh, when everyone got sick and they had to go there. <laughs> uh, you're close. Was it that In, time? Infectious it was... last was barred from entering orbit. No, this was the <laughs> this was the medical planet to which the female legionnaires oh, yeah, yeah, were yeah, sent yeah, yeah, after yeah. contracting Awful. a strange crimson virus. Oh, the crimson right. See, I wasn't on that episode. Yes. <laughs> yes, you were. It's one of the earlier adventure. Ones. No, no, no. That was the one that you did with uh, with Jan and Carla. Oh, was really? Ad yeah. Adventure wow. Th Adventure 313. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it, it's a metaphor for something, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a metaphor I, I, for red kryptonite. I did no, the, I did the intro and, and technical support on that episode, but, uh, but the yeah. actual conversation I wasn't a part of. So uh, um, Garridan is in great health, and doctors are optimistic they could find a means to return him to normal contact with Wenathians and Titans. And so that's the end of the Interfaces magazine. Uh, then we have a, uh, uh, a medical journal article uh, from the, um, uh, it's a xenobio xenobiology update from November 2993. So a year before subject, all this. The subject is the Winathococcus validus. And it's uh, an overview of the validus plague on Winath. Mm. Um, and so... Uh, basically, there's a lot of um, detail in here about what happened, but uh, it was an introduced in the population on Winnef in 2990. It was unrecognized because it looked like the flu. And then once uh, more obvious and fatal symptoms appeared, did they realize they were dealing with something new? Uh, it started out with fatigue, fever, joint and muscle pain, night chills, but then went into loss of muscle coordination. Mm -hmm. Uh, pain, excruciating pain in the extremities, hypertrophy of the limbs, loss of function in the hands and feet, uh, enlargement of the skull, deterioration of cranial bones, if left untreated, blindness. Uh, in time, the patient would begin to suffer paranoid delusions, uncontrolled mood changes, and ultimately insanity. Basically, everybody was turning into validus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Uh, the illness was dubbed the Validus Syndrome because the bacteria was introduced to the planet by the child Garrett and Rands, uh, believed to have come in contact with the infection during a little understood incident in his infancy when the tyrant Darkseid abducted the child and through unknown means transformed him into the creature known as Validus. Um, when the secondary syndrome presented itself in a population thought recovered from the illness, uh, they went to the Center for Disease Control and Quarantine, and uh, noted scientist and former Legionnaire Coral Docs joined the contingent. 
they isolated the organism um, and they basically found out that um, uh, the single common factor among all cases was contact with Garrett and Rands. Um, Docs is good fortune to be staying with the Rands where the link between the child and the plague's victims um, became obvious and uh, placed in an, Garrett was placed in an isolation suit. The distinctive bacteria was discovered in his blood. Uh, mere presence within one meter of the child could constitute exposure to the bacteria, except only Wenathians and Titans are um, susceptible to it. Mm. And that was one of the reasons why they figured out that it was Garrett. And so they were able to isolate um, a cure from, um, uh, from Garrett and they were able to uh, halt the disease in Garth, um, but it, uh, uh, his, his leg is still disfigured. And basically, um, if, you, uh, um, if you suffered from it, then you're stuck with whatever uh, side effects uh, you had from it. And then, uh, so the footnotes here, or uh, Garretton has been isolated on quarantine with the emergency team emergency uh, team for further study. Incidents of new infection appears to have been halted. And there are um, uh, some footnotes, including one from a Dr. Zan Orbal. And of course, we all remember who Dr. Zan Orbal is, don't we? Yes. <laughs> Very good. You were that kid in school. Yes. I'm glad, I'm glad you remember that Dr. Zan Orbal uh, was the doctor who restored Lightning Lad's arm and slimmed down Matter Eater Lad in Adventure 351. Yes. Yes, that's what he did. <laughs> oh, you're full of crap. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, so uh, in a footnote um, in an article by Ron Vidar called Time Travel and the Validus oh, Syndrome, hmm. Uh, in the Time Institute journal, uh, he says, uh, because dark sides send the creature back in time to wreak its havoc, some also theorize the bacteria, bacteria may have been bred in the unpredictable and little understood time stream, mm -hmm. a.k.a. wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Indeed. Uh, so then we turn the page, and instead of another um, Omnicom article, we actually have another story page yes we do. Giff, giffen and giffen invented the post credits tease that's there right you go. <laughs> good and so uh we now go back if you remember on page one there was a scene on shanghala uh where there was all black and there was a little spot of of light at the corner and now we return to that and there are two speech bubbles, or three speech bubbles. Um, there's the purple one, the blue one, and the pink one. And we don't know who's who, but the purple one says, awaken my son. The blue one says, uh, who? Purple one says, it is I, blue. I'm not your son. Purple, as you wish, my instrument, my vessel. And the blue one says, no, death spared me, that degradation. And purple says, you have been spared nothing. Yours is not the sleep of death. And the pink one says, huh? Father? Father, where am I? 
Blue one says, no, no. Pink says, father, save me. Please save me. Purple says, yes, yes, my child. We shall arise. Do not fear. Blue says, no, don't give in to the dread. Pink says, I'm suffocating, father, suffocating. Save me. Blue says, please, no, cost too great. Don't give in to him. Pink says, I don't want to die. Purple says, and you shall not. Arise, my child. Blue says, please, no. Purple says, arise, I command it. And we have our favorite sound effect. <gasps> with a mighty kathoom. In its purest form. There's an explosion. And, we, and not only do we take a drink for a kathoom, but there's a statue of a there's dead a hero. Statues. So take some drinks there. And we see a white man who is not wearing any clothes, but his face is There's all a shadow. lot of nudity in this yes. book. <laughs> Did they and, bury Monel naked? And <laughs> we find out that at the foot of this Cthum is a sign that says Largand Monel, beloved husband, noble hero. Yep. So that's the last that's the post credit scene. That's is awesome. somehow so awesome. Somehow Monel appears to have been brought back to life, but Number one is by who, and number two is who's that other voice in there with him, which we will find out in due time. Mm -hmm. There we go. So yes, that indeed. is. So there we are. And this is actually like kind of the beginning of the turn that this series takes, um, because it kind of ignores a little bit of what's going on with EarthGov and the Legion being set up for a few issues in order to take care of some continuity business. Yeah, yeah. Which, which will also come up in a couple issues. Yeah, um, big time. So, so uh, one, one thing I want to point out just as kind of a general comment about this issue, um, given that it's 2994 in, mm -hmm. in continuity time, uh, all the people that we have seen so far, all of the former legionnaires, are between 34 and 37 years old. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that makes sense. Why, yeah, so I mean, they're not boy and girl and kid anymore. I can they're, relate. You know, they're 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 mid mid to upper 30s, and they're, yep. they're you know they're they're full grown adults. Yeah, ultra boy man, cosmic boy guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I have I have a comment about this issue in general, but I want you guys to uh, say what uh, Paul, you said this is what brought you back into the Legion. Why it, did it bring you back? It, it, it brought me back because there were there was enough that I recognized to uh, to be into it. Um, mm -hmm. But that but it was so different. And, you know, and they they. It, it, that I just had to know how we got here, and it, it to me it was absolutely fascinating because it was a it was a big deal story, and you know I knew who Roxas was, I you know, and uh, um, and it's like like what the hell is going on, and you know I I hadn't read anything since Around Omen and Prophet, so. I, I, it sent me. Uh, God, I spent a lot of damn money that summer. <laughs> I just so remind remind me again. How long had you been reading the Legion, or, or how far back did you go in terms of regular reading? In terms of regular reading, um, uh, the first 
actual issue of the Legion, aside from you know assorted a uh, reprints and whatnot that I had read. My, but my the first issue that I bought of of the Legion off the stand was uh, two fifty six. Uh, the the so, brainy uh, gets uh, made sane again. And so basically, you were a regular reader from that point on. Pretty much, I I dropped out here and there during the Conway uh, era until okay. the, until the saga, and then the saga I was in I was in cold. Um, and Darren, what? Uh, and, and Darren, what's your history? I, w- I, w- I was still uh, reading. I took a year off between high school and college, so I was in town. I was still buying comics, and this came out um, in '89, right? Right. So I was still in town um, between like June '88 to uh, August '89. So I was probably already getting this off the stands or. Or buying them when I came back into town for yeah. a little bit, or I had to quit because of money concerns. But and um, and how long had you been reading for? Um, since um almost the beginning of the Levitz run, two eighty six or two eighty five. Okay. Like that. Yeah. And 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 if I remember, uh, Travis, you've been. Um, what's your, what's your history? Uh, started off with some reprints, but actual first issue I bought off the stands was Quiet Darkness Part three i think okay Ooh. so you started reading during this run yeah 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 and and jim you were the same right no no i'm very late i, I started reading with three boot and then okay went, but this was the first uh chunk of legion i bought back issues of okay so the, the reason i'm i'm asking or the reason I, I brought that up is that we kind of each have a different viewpoint as to what was going on in these issues uh-huh. and how it re- how it relates to your experience with the legion and what you've been reading and how long sure yeah and so so i had been reading since 1975 so uh you know i came in in the middle of the mike grell run uh-huh. and i had been you know this has been 15 years of reading legion for me and what i you know, over the years, what I see is that people who started reading around when I did in the, say, mid to late 70s have a very different overall feel and outlook towards this run than people who came in later sure. or people for whom this was their first exposure. Yeah, and, I totally you know, get that. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are chiming in on the Facebook um post saying you know this is my legion this is when i came in and and the reason why they did it uh, you know why why they like it so much and i after reading this it appears to me that in retrospect from my perspective um this is where they started the let's shit all over what came after the silver age and it's why the people in my comics reading generation don't like this mm-hmm. not because of all the the references and flashbacks and stuff but because we had so much exposure to the um uh to the legion when it was a a, a shiny happy future or mm-hmm. at least reasonably shiny and reasonably happy this is not the legion that i grew up reading mm-hmm. um uh, knocking off block like that, I thought was gratuitous, and and when we talk about the things that uh, you know why uh, Tom Bierbaum, um, wh- what he wrote about this, 
Um, in in retrospect, it's you know when you look at what they did to the characters who came out during the post adventure run, basically anybody after Chemical King, and I, I brought this up before, is they really did a number on those characters, and I did not like the fact that they took my Legion mm-hmm. and broke it. And um, so that's the, that's the mindset that, that started to occur to me with this issue. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you know, you all know what's coming up next over the next couple of years. And, yeah. and so that's why when I was reading and, um, uh, and, 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 some of the people that I talked to, we didn't like it, yeah. but we were we were reading it because a it was the only thing that we had, and b we were hoping things would get better. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they did the things that they did, um, because uh, Giffen had the freedom to do what he wanted. He had a brand new editor in Mark Wade. Yeah, he he did not have strong voices in. Uh, Paul Levitz and Karen Berger holding him back. And he had a couple of uh, new people in Tom and Mary who were relatively inexperienced writers and who were all involved in the fandom of the 60s and early 70s, where during Interlac and the Outpost is a lot of the things that we see over the next few years, that's where these originated. Uh-huh. And so these stories kind of originated in fandom and then were allowed to be put into print and made canonical. And the people who were, I, I don't, I'm trying not to lump everybody together, but a lot of the people who were involved back then grew up on the 60s Legion in Adventure. And they, um, like, that was their Legion. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so what they were doing is, is trying to move forward while honoring, honoring their Legion. But I felt they didn't have to move forward while dishonoring my Legion. And that's fair. But, you know, I mean, any interpretation of it is fair, but I think a, a lot of what, you know, we were in an age of deconstruction, right? It was, you know, it was, this was uh, uh post watchmen. It was post dark Knight. You know, that was a, it was an era and and I've been on record as saying I hate Dark Knight. I absolutely hate it. Oh, me too. I, you know, I hate what it did to to Batman. I hate I, I hate everything about it. Um, except there's a, a couple of really funny panels, but that's about it. <laughs> um, so so believe me, I get I get how you feel about this because that's that's how I felt about Dark Knight, and uh, was was just the the way it just kind of shit on everything. I think well, Dark, that... Dark Knight was supposed to be an alternate future. This was supposed to be the only future. But see, the pro- the problem with I think I think what happened yeah. there was it sold a ton of books. So yeah. you have a whole bunch of people saying, "Well, this is where the trend is. This is what's selling. Dark Knight sells. Yeah, Watchmen That's sells. Where we got to go? Their stuff sells. Everything needs to go this way when its sales start to tank." Yeah, we need to, we need to go dark and gritty. Legion sales are starting to tank. Let's make them dark and gritty. And Paul and it's Paul's an like, I'm thing. stepping aside from this. Yeah, it's I'm an age old thing, you know. Because look at where he had to take it, right? Yeah, you, you know that 
so so we, we were in an age of deconstruction so a lot of breaking down the old the the old orders was was a big thing and kind of examining what had come before like way before uh was was a thing like like kind of deconstructing the beginnings of things so i can and and so you know aside from the fact that yes they all met on in, on on interlac and uh and that was a, a, a key driver to it but that was also the trend and so it, it's why it kind of fit in with the time even even if it was uh you know and i'll i'll admit like as much as i love a lot of this series um, there are parts when they got to him that I was like, yeah, I, I can't get behind that. And we'll, we'll hit on those as we get there. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, but we, we were beginning to see the, the stuff that was trending in, uh, comics at the end of Levitz's run. Everyone started getting jackets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> you know, it's jackets like, okay. and pouches. Yeah. Get I mean, it, and, 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 and to be fair. Adventure. That was in Fantastic Four. That yeah. was across a lot of mainstream comics at the time. Yeah, it That's was. Right. It, 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 it takes me back to like the first X Men movie when it's like, what we're supposed to wear spandex, and <laughs> uh, and and you know, and it was the you know, and, and and you know, a lot of people point to like that's why the uh, you know the the current crop of things like you know the 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 entire MCU run it, it goes with the fact that they they embraced the costumes. And yeah. and um, you know yeah we got to make it wearable but you know they embrace that stuff and that's you know it's where we've seen uh, success on on the DC TV series is uh, because they embrace the costumes yes they did slight tweaks but by well, and large you have to yeah have to. by and large they yeah because you have to make them actually wearable by human beings yeah. <laughs> the page the page is different from three D real life. Exactly. So, and, you and, know. And, and, and so I get that a lot of that had to, uh, you know, there was a lot of sort of going back to the beginning and, uh, and uh, you know, and you, you saw this in the uh, the Kupperberg Lytle Doom Patrol around, around uh, well, a few years before this, and then would see it again when, uh, when Morrison took over Doom Patrol. You know, it, it was basically go back to the basics and break it down. And yeah, because when Doom Patrol started again, it was another team superhero book. Yeah, like for the first six or seven issues, right? Yeah, and then right. Morrison well, took over. More, more went, than that. I think it was when like nineteen like, issues. Like nineteen, 19 issues. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Morrison's first issue was nineteen. Okay, so then it took a hard left hand turn, and people who were reading issue eighteen didn't even get a break between eighteen and nineteen. It's like, what happened to my book? Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. This, 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 this nice day. <laughs> That's so true. Hope you Let, dropped the same acid Grant did. <laughs> Let me just say, as someone who came into this with having this already been completed, like yeah. long over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this to me, once I got the the fuller context, felt like a natural progression of escalation since about Great Darkness Saga to here. So like ever since Levitz came on, it started maturing things up. Yeah. With bigger stories, more like intricate like character interaction. Yeah. Having things matter more. You couldn't Risk. just you couldn't just yeah. have them fighting a bunch of galactic bank robbers anymore. This um, is like the yeah. ultimate culmination of that of whatever that growth was from that point. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time I get that that it still sucks that it was like what 
where, where, where's the new, where's Invisible Kid 2? You know, like, like we had seen a whole lot of evolution of the team that really kind of got scaled back right away. And so I, I, I totally get where you're coming from with that, Michael. And it's, uh, um, but then of course it got, it got, uh, cut off by, yeah. by zero hour. So you it, never it really cut find out way, where it, it's really going to no, no, go. No, 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 no. It got cut off oh, long, got cut off long before, before that. that. I think, uh, quite honestly, where we started with in the first couple of issues got cut off around now. Ah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so they, and so they got pushed so we, into another as, direction. A bold yeah, new they direction. They were able to... They were able to recover a lot of what they uh, what they had planned. Yeah. But um, uh, as you'll see, once we get um, probably about another fifteen or so issues, um, things kind of started to go off the rails, and then um, it just it was not good. And uh, when the creative team left and, and was replaced, then that's when things took an even different direction. Yeah. And, and so where we ended up at the end of Zero Hour was very different than what Giffen and the Beer Bombs had planned, you know, when they started or, or, or after they were in, uh, you know, the middle of their run. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we'll get there. Yep. I, I do want to say I'm looking at the uh, the Johnny DC page just because I'm looking at a scan right now. I got to read the, the, the description of this issue because I find it hilarious. It says, Legion of Superheroes 3, the Legionnaire you thought was dead isn't, and the one you thought would live forever doesn't. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. That nails it, actually. (laughs) Although although it does spoil the last page. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, well, spoil is uh, a little dicey because we had a few, we racked up a a few um, uh, dead uh, Legionnaires, and I think what they mean is that you thought well, I mean, you thought Prody was dead, but it turns out. <laughs> Stop it! I mean, they, they spoiled the Monel thing on the first page of the book. Kinda, yeah. I mean, if, if you're really looking, it's like that makes no sense. Why is someone? Oh yeah, it does, it does say Largand. Yeah, yeah, why, yeah why is something going on? Yeah. If they wanted to keep it a secret for that last page, they should have just said Shanghala. But you know what? That that is enough to so to make people you know the, that is enough to say to, to the person who's been reading who has been doing the consistent reading to say wait isn't he dead mm-hmm. and and um yeah even well, you never end, know it could have been karate kid could have been <laughs> great, great couple of grave robbers with a flashlight who knows oh except yeah. they burned his body that's right right he got back. I, have, so, I, I have an issue with that when it comes up later in the uh, much later, yeah, uh, zombie issue. So, and Feral yes. Lad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's move so, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Tom Bierbaum from his uh, It's Okay, I'm a Senator. Uh, he wrote this in March 28th, 2009. So just over 10 years ago. Um, talking about issue three, he says the original plan on Keith's part was to have Roxas kill Schwann Aaron, but our inker Al Gordon thought killing Schwann was a waste of a good character and implored Keith to kill someone else. Mm-hmm. Implying. Keith challenged Al to think of something else interesting to do with Schwann, and the first thing that occurred to Al was, she's a boy. Keith uh-huh. loved the notion, and that was the birth of that controversial storyline. Which we will get to. Yeah. 
Uh, it's interesting and probably not complete coincidence then that this issue includes a scene of Schwann herself mourning Bloch's demise. Yeah. Uh, Tom says, I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't particularly like the idea of killing off Bloch, but it seemed a lot more palatable than some of the other possibilities. Honestly, Bloch had never amounted to much, but I had a fondness for the guy who was originally introduced as a villain and just kind of glommed onto the group for no particular reason. Mm -hmm. He was the kind of nice guy background filler that was always one of the most important elements of the Legion's appeal for me. But by this era, filling the background wasn't really an acceptable role for a character, and I regretted losing Block less than I'd have regretted a lot of other characters that might have bitten the dust in that story. Mm-hmm. It's of particular significance that Block was non-humanoid, and like nearly all the less human characters in Legion history, like Quizlet and the fish-like character who breathed methane, yeah. whose name I now always forget, he just <laughs> never caught on the way the more human characters did. I guess he couldn't be bothered to look uh, up. I actually like that he was just writing it stream of consciousness kind of, uh, you know, straight away. So this was also the issue where Ron Vidar was going to die, being being literally eaten alive on page two. In this case, it was Mary who protested and got Keith to relent. So it turned out Vidar wasn't eaten alive. He was being eaten alive repeatedly and then mystically restored so he could endure the torment all over again. And by coming up with a torture a lot worse than just being eaten alive once, we managed to impress Keith enough that he could keep Rond alive and not have to come up with someone else to be killed in his place. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The actual death of Block is really bizarrely told and really challenges the, the reader. It segues from a dispassionate video report to what is most likely a hallucination Block experiences just before he dies. I wonder how many people followed all of this. But it's an interesting scene where we create some background about the Dryad race. Something about how when they inhabit a world, at some point in the species maturation, all the females descend down a stony staircase towards the planet's core and fuse with the planet. Much later, the males all follow and do the same and cause the planet to explode. Mm. Our idea was that the chunks of the planet became seeds and eventually land on another suitable planet, and a new race of dryads grows from that seed, and after a few millennia, blow up that planet and send the seeds out again. I'd have loved to to have implied that this might have happened on Krypton, Mm -hmm. but but snowballs have better odds in a pizza oven than such (laughs) an idea had of being accepted by DC at that time, which is probably appropriate, as much fun as this notion might have been for rabid Legion fans. It would have been nothing but confusing and off-putting for 99% of Superman fans. Probably, yeah. I, I would say 99.99% of Superman fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my commentary for the issue. Um, cool. Anybody have anything else before we get into history? Wasn't Wasn't there something about how they... There, there's an urban legend about them picking Block's name randomly out of a hat. That was yeah. later. No. That was later. Okay. Uh, the, that's later? Okay. Yes, that's later. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll, to that. We'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the hat trick. Um, the hat trick. Gotcha. Okay. So let's uh, let's hit that stump the subs before we oh, do. Oh, yeah. Hit, yep. 
sump the subs. Yeah, so and then we'll do uh, Legion history, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, ah, so sounds here good. we go. Okay. Stump the subs, Doc Magnus edition. Oh, God. Yes. Tim, so all that robot. Mercury yeah. is liquid. All, at all questions <laughs> have some intersection of the Legion and something metal. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Like what is lag. what is the name given to the category of nickel alloys first developed in 1901 by Robert Crook Stanley that are highly <laughs> resistant to corrosion? Now this did Michael? get this did get mentioned in a in a in a letter column letters column. Uh, what is the name given to the category of nickel alloys first developed in 1901 by Robert Crook Stanley? Excuse me, that are highly resistant to corrosion. So this is has a, a legion relation, right? Yes. Uh, ferrous, F E R R O U S. No. Ferromagnetic. No. No, that that has to do with like iron. Uh, iron and either conductivity or rusting. Yeah. I can't remember which. Oh, I suppose it could have been an ally with that alloy with that. Uh, no, I got me. I'm, I'm okay. Stumped. Anyone? Uh, Nickelodeon, since it was nickel-based. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they they are referred to as Monel metals. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he says, I first heard of this in a letter column, possibly yep. uh, in Superboy and the Legion in the 220s to 230s. I, so, I remember that, yes. That is... That's man, of, man of Steel, Daxamite of Nickel? What? Yes, yes. <laughs> Doesn't have um, the same ring to it. Yeah, so. no, exactly. It, you know, it, it, but it's all Superman's fault because you know, hey, totally. could have solved that no. problem. Could have solved that done problem. That. Yeah. Um, I that. think that's where, where you know Monel's like, yeah, I got no clothes. Great, awesome. Thanks, Superman. Maybe yeah. you, maybe you could have just come up with the lead cure. Come on. Um, come on. What come on. What country would Timberwolf go to? If he were helping Cyborg repair some of his cybernetic parts, uh, this one seems puntastic. It, it it probably is puntastic. It actually isn't. Um, it isn't. No, but really? you'll see why in a, in a, in a minute. You'll see why right, that so character gets mentioned. Yeah. Repeat it again, then. What country would Timberwolf go to yeah. if he were helping Cyborg repair some of his cybernetic parts? So, hold, hold on. Cyborg's body, as I recall from my Titans lore, is made out of a molybdenum. Molybdenum. Metal. That, molybdenum. Is, okay. that yeah, is correct, and that is, part of the, right? that is part of the answer. That is part of the answer. Yes. That's as far as I've got. <laughs> That's so, Something Zoom, something Zoonian, yes, and molybdenum together, and I have no idea what country this would be. Molly Zoom is is I don't think there's a such Montezuma. Montezuma, (laughs) it's close. Macedonia, no. Um, Good lord. (laughs) Nothing. Uh, Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. It is Mongolia. Because even though it is only the tenth largest molybdenum mining nation, it this is awesome. This is all just wait, wait for it. Its yeah. biggest molybdenum deposit is Zoon Mod. What? Yeah. Wow. Not to okay. be com- and he says not to be confused with Mad Mod. Yes, I recall from the first issues of the New Teen <laughs> Titans, the cyborg's body is high on molybdenum. 
At this point, I imagine you're all saying molybdenum in your heads, and he's right. Yes. All right, and finally, who is Feral Lad's favorite artist? Think Uh, of the substance. uh, Yeah, that would be Mike Iron Mike Grell. Yes, Uh you did it! There you go. He said said Iron Mike Grell. Even if you guys are stumped on one and two, you got to get this one. Come on. Yes. Well done. I was pretty sure we were going to get stumped on this one. I was like, oh, wow. Someone, someone has done their, their Alex Trebek level of research Oh, oh here. totally, totally. Awesome, <laughs> awesome who, questions, Howard. Thank yeah. you very who, much who for sent, those. Who sent these in? Um, that comes from uh, Howard Madnick. Uh, uh, as long as it Howard, wasn't Murray, I'm fine. Howard is Howard one of the guys who, who over the last, well, he didn't because Darren got the last question. Yeah. Um, well, we, we were one we missed. What? We missed molybdenum. We we did, but the rule yeah. is I've got to miss all three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Have long... you not been listening to the show, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So that's Howard is one of the guys uh, who was um, we've been following over the last couple of years as he was uh, as he was catching up on episodes. He started from the beginning and God bless him, made his way through. Um, so God bless him. Seriously. Fantastic questions. Uh, you get an honorary and stump. I, and I love, I, I love, <laughs> I love that that uh, that he went he went a different direction. And and I always love when someone does the themed questions that you well, know yeah. where it's yeah it, it's it's if fun. that third question was in the same theme there was no way so honorary stump for you sir indeed indeed all righty then anyone got anything else oh we got history let's oh, hear it we have history uh, we have some historical stuff unlike last week in which nothing happened <laughs> there were no fives no zeros <laughs> well fours and nines fours yeah, and fours, nines nice nines, fours and nines so uh all right this week in legion history 55 years ago in uh, 1964 uh superman's girlfriend lois lane number 50 three female legionnaires come back in time to help research a superman encyclopedia and in disguise help Lois Lane in her rounds as a volunteer nurse. Now, I will give you the names of the disguise and see if you can tell me who the three Legionnaires are. There's Phyllis Groves. Phantom Girl. Sharon Vaughn. Shrinking Violet. And Tina Glenn. Triplica Girl. Okay. Very good. We, yeah. we did not stump you guys. <laughs> uh, 25 years ago, um, coming up this week is Flash number 92, the first appearance and origin of Impulse. Ooh, uh, oh, I- yeah. That was, oh, Iris, God, I love that. Iris Allen comes back in time and tells Wally she's from the 30th century and that her grandson, Bart Allen, is lost in the time stream and his burning power, his, his speed powers are burning nonstop, rapidly aging him. The Dominators, the Science Police, and Tornado Twins appear in flashback. Yeah. Hmm. On that same day, we are starting to see some weird things happen in the 31st century. Uh, in Legionnaires number 16, some of the Legionnaires who never were clones begin to appear, but few notice. Some of the Legionnaires go back in time to investigate the disappearance of Valor from history. They return with his SW6 clone, having taken Valor's place in history 
but they and their computer have no memory of what happened during their trip to the 20th century. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, also, Valor Number 21 uh, by Kurt Busick and Colleen Duran, uh, leading into the end of the era, or end of an era arc, Valor is on a mission he must complete, except that everyone, including those he's trying to help, is trying to prevent him from, falling his from filling his destiny. Plus, the countdown to zero hour continues, temporal anomalies increase, and even the linear men may be powerless. Ooh, not the linear men. Yes. The devil so we you are, say. We are within a month or so of zero hour coming up in our uh, 25 years ago in history. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, when Dragon Mage tries to heal his powers, he accidentally releases the elements of disaster into the universe. Hmm. Um and uh, after destroying whole worlds and defeating the Legion, the various elements fly off towards Mordru's tomb. Uh, ten years ago, in 2009, uh, was Legion Enemy Manifest hardcover, which was the last of the three boot volumes, and also uh, Superman New Krypton Volume 1. Yeah. And that completes this week in multiples of five years ago legion history well there we go that is excellent um, sweet yeah anyone got anything else nope anything no plug anything to uh, i'll just reiterate once again that uh, <laughs> travis uh put up his um um his, his sketches on his uh comic art fans page and even if you're not looking at those ones, like the the stuff you've got on there, dude, is so great. <laughs> and uh, and so I I think uh, I I have just given you a, a hell of a rabbit hole uh, down which to follow because um, there's just tons of great stuff on there and it's awesome. Especially if you like Karate Kid. Yes. Yeah. So again, that's uh, comic it's a little fans. Karate Kid heavy. There you go. Comicartfans.com and uh, do and in the searchy box, uh, look for Travis Ellisor, and you will find amazing artwork. Um, so, do uh, we, uh, as a drinking game, do we do anything for the death of a legionnaire besides pour one out? We pour one out. I think we pour that's one out. That's the yeah. rule. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll pour one out for block this week. I'm gonna pour one out. I will catch it in my mouth. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Attaboy. Well, I can't. This is this is my house. I can't just pour stuff on the floor. Uh, <laughs> all right then. Another mead. <laughs> Comments as always. Welcome to Legion of Substitute Podcasters. Gmail .com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at Facebook dot Legion of Substitute Podcasters .com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble and things look very different and blocky and what happened to our faces below our foreheads. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye, Block. We barely knew ye.